again to the house of God. We're in this series, uh, all about, we're talking all about the goodness of God. So are you ready to hear the word of God this yeah. morning? Because I really believe this is a very relevant word for us to hear right today and now. Let's just bow our heads, close our eyes, dedicate this time in the word of God to him. Thank you, Father. Lord, your word tells us that faith comes by hearing the message. The message is heard through the word of God. Lord, give us the faith that is necessary for us to see impossible things in our life through the involvement of an impossible God in our life. Help us to hear what you're saying through your word today and to believe that, Lord, you you have good things for us. Even though there's no evidence that we're seeing good things, you're doing good things. You're the God of good things. So bless this word, help us to get it, and help us to live it. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Talking about seeing good. We're in this series called The Goodness of God, and we're talking about God's extravagant, trying to get this rid of this little thing on my screen here so I can see it. Okay. We're talking about seeing the, the, the incredible goodness and the extravagance, the extravagant favor of God in our life. In James chapter 1, verse 17, says, every good, every good, secular, human, material, every good and perfect thing is from above, coming down from who? The Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. God is like our Father, and a Father who is eager to bless us. And he's not distant, he's not reluctant to show us his favor. I say favor is, is based not on who you are. It's not based on your achievement, your abilities, your performance. It's not, favor is not be- based on, not on who you are, but it's based on whose you are, right? Whose you are. You, you're, you're a child of God. You know, you have, we have family favor. Amen? This week's message is entitled, Seeing the Good in the Bad. Seeing the Good in the Bad. And much of what I'm saying today is based on this book uh, written by Kevin Gerald. It's called Good Things. A good read if you want to go further to understand God's goodness in our lives. You look at our, you, know, you, you step back, you look at your life, and we got to realize this thing about life, that our life consists of good times and it consists of bad times. Times on the mountaintops and times in the valleys of life. And there's, the first thing that we need to understand about God's goodness, God's favor is this. Number one, The path of God's favor, God's goodness, is not always on the mountaintops. It also winds down into the valleys of life. You know, and one of of the the best psalms that you will ever read is Psalm 23. Psalm 23 is a famous psalm. It's a classic psalm. It's a powerful psalm. It's a powerful declaration of God's involvement in the life of David. And I believe, you know what, my personal belief, every single believer, every single one of you should read that psalm, meditate that psalm, memorize memorize that psalm, and declare that psalm over your life every single day. 
It is a powerful declaration. It is a promise of God. And like Andrew Womack said, the promises of God are our voice activated. So we need to declare, like David is doing here. David wrote that psalm, and in it, he described the path, his path of God's favor in his life. David says, the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. What a great declaration. The Lord is my shepherd. He makes me lie down in green pastures. There's, a, there's another message. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. God is so good. He guides me along the right path for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me, right in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Powerful declaration. He ends it off with, Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. Your goodness, your favor will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. David's path of favor wasn't always on the mountaintops. And it's the same with you and me. Your path of favor is the same way. It has valleys and it has mountains. It has rain, it has sunshine. It has gladness and it can have sorrow. You know, sometimes it's even surrounded by the enemy who comes to rob, to kill, and destroy. Steal your joy. Kill your confidence. You know, even try to destroy your life. Sometimes it's like that. Other, you know, and, and other times, you're walking beside peaceful waters. And you're lying down in green pastures. <laughs> I'm going to preach it. <laughs> Last week, I talked about vision. And how important and vital. Go back and listen to that message. How vital vision is for your life. The vision, the way you see yourself, the way you see your future, and the, especially the way that you see God. I want to tell you, God has favor for you. God wants to bring favor into your life. But first, he might have to get you to change your perspective so that you could see and you can experience the fullness of God's favor in your life. You know, our perspective needs to be like David's perspective. We need to have our favor glasses on all throughout the path of our life's journey. Verse 4, even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. See, David doesn't just know he's in a dark valley. He recognizes that God is right there with him. As he's going through the valley. Verse 5. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. The message version says, you serve me a six-course dinner right in front of my enemies. Does that never make him jealous, right? You want to you you get back at your enemies? Live for God. Serve God. And, and, and let... God, let them see God's blessing in your life. And they will even hate you more. <laughs> it's okay to have enemies. Even Jesus had enemies. You revive my drooping head. My cup 
brims with blessing. He really meant that. Verse 6, surely your goodness. Wow, surely, for sure, your goodness and your love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. What's David saying? Your favor, Lord, is with me for a lifetime. It, it never ends, right? David has, has his good things glasses on. He's seen the goodness and the favor of God in a dark valley, even when he's surrounded by the enemy. Darkness, disappointments, trials, setbacks, dis- uh, all these negative things, even though he's surrounded by all those things, his perspective does not change. There's the Bible in Second. It's not on the screen. Second Corinthians chapter four, verse four. four. The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers, right? But I say not just the minds of unbelievers, of believers. See the enemy, his plan. He doesn't want you and I to see God's extravagant goodness in our life. He wants us to be blind to them, to all those good things He has for us. There's a there's a scripture that I just found out. I've never heard this scripture before. But it's in Isaiah chapter 45, verse 3. And, and the Lord says, I will give you hidden treasures, riches stored in secret places, so that you may know that I am the Lord, the God of Israel, who summons you by name. So much in that scripture. So what we perceive in the dark periods of our life are actually designed to be treasures from God. Riches stored. It says riches stored in secret places. But the problem is we, problem is we often don't see these times as treasures in our life because of the darkness of pain or fear that can hide them, cover them, overshadow them, which prevents us from seeing and accepting these times as treasures from God. But God uses them for his purpose. What purpose are they for? Right right there in that scripture. So that you may know that I am the Lord who summons you. So we see here, Unless we go through these dark times and valleys in our life, times in which we are completely at the mercy of God for a breakthrough in in, in our lives, unless we go through these times, we will never experience God's faithfulness in those areas of our life. And we will never personally know him the way we need to know him. Or that, or that he can be trusted even with the deepest needs in your life. Amen? I said, you know, we've got to be honest. Let's be honest. I, I want to be honest. Sometimes I don't see the good things of God. Sometimes I don't see his goodness. And I, I don't see God working. And so I doubt. I doubt. In my faith, I waver. And I ask this question, God, are you still there? Did you ever ask that question? God, are you still there? 
God, do you even know what's going on with me? We ask those questions, right? Let me give you an example. We're getting way more young people in here, so, or maybe anybody. Maybe you're a person that, you know, you're looking for a relationship, and you're in a relationship. And maybe you're in a relationship that you were so excited about. But all of a sudden, the one you thought was the one tells you that you're not the one. And it rocks your world. And it sends you, and it can send you crashing against the rocks of disappointment. If you're, if you're not anchored in the Lord, if you, if, if you don't have your confidence in the goodness of God. But if you work through that disappointment with a stubborn confidence in, in God, just work through it. If you put your hope and your trust in the goodness of God, then, on the, then later and only later, you will discover that God has actually done you a big favor. He has just saved you from a lifetime of a, ma- of a bad choice, of a, of a wrong choice. Amen? You know, hindsight, hindsight is twenty twenty, And you look back and say, oh, now, now I'm seeing the goodness in the bad. Can happen, right? Karen and I, how long have we been married now, sweetie? I've got to ask my wife. She's got, she's my Rolodex, huh? 40 plus years. Wow. 41 years we've been married. You know, I want to tell you, <laughs> before I met Karen, she dated a lot of guys. She was a, <laughs> she was a very popular girl. I thought, I'm never going to make it with her. That was my first impression. Actually, when I met Karen, she was actually in another, another relationship. And, and God, in his love, spoke to her and said, wrong person, wrong guy, give it up, wait for the right one, wait. Let me ask you, let me ask you, what would have happened to Karen if she had not waited? What if she had not waited for me? You know what would have happened? What happened to her? It would have been a sad, sad story for Karen. <laughs> if, the door, if, one, if, if the door of your job closes, God will open another one. Way, way better. You know, I say, you just got to know in your knower that God is good. Even if you don't feel it, even if you don't see it, God is good. Right? God wants each of us to know that we are summoned by name. Summoned by name. Do you know, do you know this? That God knows the exact numbers of hairs that you have on your head today. Some of us have lots, some of us left. Some is, you know, but, you know, but, he, but he knows, right? And he knows that every single activity that you're involved in. Right? And his love for you and I knows absolutely no bounds. And he will do everything to convince you and to demonstrate his love for you. That's how fantastic our God is. Amen? So question, 
Has God brought you into a place of darkness? Are you in a place of darkness right now? If you are, put your trust in him and let him reveal to you the treasure that is hidden in that darkness. God is doing something for you and in you. And you need to see that. Let him summon you by name. Let him call you to that place of prayer. Amen? Number two. I'm going slow, quicker. Number two. So like David, point number two. When you see your life through the lens of God's favor, you see God's goodness in the midst of life's hardships. See? John chapter 16, 33. In the world you you will have tribulation. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Truth. Sometimes the greatest struggles in life are not the hardships themselves, but it's the questions that the hardships create. Questions like, if God is so good, then why do bad things happen? Or why is there so much injustice in this world? And why is life for me so hard sometimes? Good questions to ask, right? Well, the reality is, Sometimes bad things happen. Sometimes, you know, maybe your friend can, maybe your friend passes away with cancer. Or maybe your business fails. Or maybe there's an accident. Things can happen. There's a study, and I've taught on this before, this is so good for us to understand. There's a study that was done by theologians and philosophers way, way back. By, done by the Greeks, picked up again in the 1700s. In the 1700s, it was called theodicy. It's a study been done. It's called theodicy. Theodicy is the study of how God's goodness exists alongside the pain, injustice, and the hardships of life. Theodicy, next PowerPoint, addresses the strong theological truth. What is that? Here's what it is. God is good, and life is hard. It's a fact. It's a fact. You just look at that. But the fact that God is good doesn't cancel cancel out the fact that life is hard. And the fact that life is hard does not cancel out the fact that God is good. Both are realities, right? And the evidence of these two realities, they're front and center of our lives every single day. But you know what's most important? About this, you know what's most important? is the reality you choose to live from. People who live from the life is hard, attitude, perspective, reality, they see everything from that perspective. And sometimes they don't even want to hear good news. You know why? Because they've already decided that good news is not their reality, right? And you can talk about something good and positive with them, and they can just listen, but they can't, they can't wait to just turn that conversation back to the life is harder reality, right? You know, and they exist. They're, they're two contrasts, and they're so polarized. They, they can polarize people. See, positive Paul can't get along with negative Neil. No Pauls and Neils in this room, are there? <laughs> uh, upbeat Earl can't get along with downcast, dog or dad, right? Negative, you know, downing dad. They're like oil and water. And we know like oil and water don't mix, right? So they see things differently. They talk about things differently. And they approach problems differently. 
Theolog- but theodicy but theodic- concludes, in this world, both good and evil exist. We can't explain why. They just exist. But, are you ready for this? But, God's goodness is so much greater than the undeserved hardships of life. Amen? So much greater. God's goodness is so much greater than the hardships, through the struggles, through the hard times, and the disappointments. If you fix your eyes on Him, He is so much greater. Amen? Then I say undeserved hardships. Because sometimes some people have more hardships than others because sometimes they don't, they're disobedient to God. Or they don't forgive. Or they, they're doing things that cause hardships. And you can have that happen in your life. But I want to tell you, God's goodness is so much greater. Yeah. A, good apt, a, a good metaphor and an apt metaphor for our life is that life is like a book. Point number three. In a good life, a good life is like a book. It's made up of many chapters. And some of you may be in a chapter right now that's not so easy. You know, maybe, you, maybe you're struggling with an illness. Or maybe you got a bad negative doctor's report. Or maybe you, some of you are struggling, in, you're in an emotional struggle because, because of a, a divorce or a separation, right? Or maybe you're in a job that you don't like and you just can't seem to write, fit, find the, the, the right fit for your career. You know, whatever it is, you know, it can be difficult, but as difficult as a chapter may be, it doesn't have to define you. Amen? It doesn't have to be the story of your life. Romans chapter 8, verse 28. And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love Him, who've been called according to His purpose. Notice it doesn't say in all good things God works for the good. It says in all things, all things. That means things that are ugly, uh, difficult, setbacks, criticisms. And he's right there. It says that God is in this process and he's working out for good, which can come out of the bad of life. Amen? A chapter is a chapter. It's not the whole story. A chapter is a chapter. And on your PowerPoint, you don't decide all the chapters of your life. But how you frame them decides your story. You don't decide. You don't decide the family you're born in. You don't, you don't pick the problems you're going to have in your life. Right? Uh, you, don't pick, uh, you can't control what people may say and do to you. Uh, you can't always, um, you, you can't determine which friend is actually going to stick with you all your life. You don't know who's going to stay. You don't know who's, go, who's going to leave. Yes, it's your story. It's your story. But listen, but you have the chance. You have the chance to frame every situation into the perspective that you need to have. See, you decide how you are going to see your story, right? See, a lot of people can frame, frame the story in one of these three, three ways. It's on your PowerPoint. Some frame it in, in, in pain and injustice. That's the frame of a victim mentality. Right? Some people frame it in fate and defeat. Well, it's, it's the story of my life. Right? It's, that's always the way with my life. Some people frame it in escape and hiding. They can, they, you know, some um, difficult things happen, struggles happen, and they just disappear. You don't see them. They just go into hiding. 
Some people can hide it in pain, uh, that pain in alcohol, can hide it in drugs. Simply people just going to let loose and just go partying and, and, and have no controls on their life. So you can choose to live one of those three ways, or you can choose the perspective God wants you to have. Here's the spe- perspective God wants you to have. It's the Romans 8.28 perspective, which says, again, we know in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who've been called according to his purpose. God is going to work it out for good. I, don't, I know I'm, I'm going through a difficult time, but I know that God is going to work it out for good. Message version. That's why we can be so sure that every detail of our lives of the love for God is worked into something good. So good, isn't it? Yeah. Chapter is a chapter is a chapter. Question, how do you frame? How do you do it? How do you frame the pain and injustice that you experience in your life? That, that PowerPoint, again, you don't decide all the chapters of your life, but how you frame them will decide the outcome of your story. So true, isn't it? Finish off with a story about Joseph. Just talk just briefly about him. In Genesis chapter 37 to 50 are 13 chapters of the story of Joseph. It's an awesome story. Joseph starts out in his life just a young, like he's a kid, he's a teenager, he has dreams, he has a, his visions for, for a great life, a good life. But then, at age 17, he's betrayed by his brothers, and he's sold into slavery. And then his life is, becomes full of negative experiences. But it was in and through this sequence of negative experiences, God was able to strategically position, move Joseph into a a position of literally becoming the most powerful man, guy in the world under Pharaoh. And the Bible, as you read it, you read the story, you, you see that. Like, even during the process of the struggle, even this, this process went over like 13 years, Joseph was experienced God's favor in the struggle. Not just before, not just after, but in the middle of the struggle. Genesis 39, verse 2. The Lord was with Joseph so that he prospered. He lived in a house of his Egyptian master. Remember, he was sold into slavery. And it says, Joseph found favor in his eyes and became his attendant. Potiphar put him in charge of his household, and he entrusted to his care everything that he owned. He was seen good in the bad. But then, if you know the story, Joseph is falsely accused of making sexual advances towards Pharaoh's wife. It's a lie. So in Genesis 39, verse 20, Joseph's master took him and put him in prison, the place where the king's prisoners were confined. But, and you got to love that word, but, but while Joseph was there in prison, the Lord was with him. He showed him kindness and granted him favor in the eyes of the prison warden. And then you read the rest of the story, and you see how God miraculously orchestrates Joseph's release from prison. And you look at his story, and you, will, and you see his story years. You come into his, and you, after he's released, you see he, he, for years, Joseph, uh, years after Joseph had been sold into slavery, there's this famine that comes into the land. And his brothers come to Egypt, and they're looking for help, they're looking for food. And they had absolutely no idea of God's hand of favor on Joseph's life all those years. 
And now he's literally the overseer, overseer of all the food supply in that part of the world. And Joseph sees him in the, in, the, in the food lines. And he sets up various boys and he gets them coming back, coming back for food. And he hides himself. But then finally, he tells them who he is. And they were filled with fear. They were so afraid that he's going to get back at them. But he reassures them that he's forgiven them and he promises to take care of them. But soon after that, Jacob, you know, the, 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 the father dies. Jacob dies. And when he dies, automatically those sons say, yeah, you know, Joseph was good to us as long as dad is alive, but now he's dead. I think he's going, you know, he's going to take it out on us. And they were so afraid of Joseph's revenge, and they begged him to forgive them. Begged him. You know, and his words, and Joseph's words that day, are such a powerful testimony of how God works all things out for good. Genesis 50, verse 20. You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good, to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many people. Wow, wow. Joseph didn't choose the chapters. He didn't choose the injustice, the betrayal. He didn't choose the pain. But, you know, if you think about Joseph. If there's, any, if there's anyone who had reason to be bitter, anyone who had uh, a reason to live with anger and resentment and depression, it would have been Joseph, right? But Joseph maintained, he kept his faith and his confidence in God. And he framed Everything, everything in his life to the frame of God's goodness. And because of that, that enabled God to bring about something so incredible, so awesome in Joseph's life. You know, it's the same thing for us. It's the same thing for us. When we stay in faith and in confidence in God, and we train our eyes to see the good, and keep on seeing the good. And then there's, you know, there's nothing. If we do that, there's nothing. And there's no one that can keep you from fulfilling God's plan of favor in your life. Amen? Amen? Amen. Amen. Now, let's give God a hand. For that. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. What you did for Joseph, you can do for us, Lord. Amen and amen. So true. The path of God's favor is not always on the mountaintops. It also winds through the valleys. He never leaves us. He never forsakes us, does he? We have a good life. We have a good God. I want to do something a little bit different. You don't have to, but if you can, why don't you stand with me for a minute? And let's do something. Let's speak God's favor over our lives, okay? Let's speak God's favor. If you're in a season of hardship, then let them then speak out God's favor over your life. If you're in a season where of good things, then call even more of God's favor into your life. Amen? Let's trust God in the season when we don't see His goodness, when His goodness is, seems to be invisible. And let's believe God that for, for His favor, even when there's no evidence right now, the temporary, that supports it. All right? Let's pray. I invite you to pray with me after me these words. Are you ready? Yes. All right? Father God, I pray for understanding that goes beyond what I see. I ask for a better perspective when I have good days. And especially 
when I'm experiencing a bad day. Wherever I am in the process, help me to see you in every step of the way. Now, will you declare with me? Even in the storm, God, I believe you will do good things for me. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Let's thank him again. Thank you for your goodness, Lord. Thank you for the power of that declaration. You heard it, Lord. Let it be so in Jesus' name. Amen. Be seated for a minute. Thank you, Father. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 17 says, If anyone is in Christ, it becomes a new creation. The old passes away. The new kicks in into the life. And if you're here today and you don't have this relationship with Jesus, you know, God wants to give you something new, fresh, and alive. But here's the thing. Here's the kicker. You have to give up your own life. You can't live the new life trying to, at the same time, hold on to the old life. Give up the old life. Give up your old ways. Trust Jesus completely. If that's you, and you want to live for God, and you're ready to give up old life, you know, I'm going to pray for you that something supernatural happens to you today. You know, it's called becoming born again. A new believer in Christ. A new creation. So if that's you, and you're ready to do that, bow your heads, close your eyes, whisper this prayer after me. Lord Jesus, I confess that I am a sinner. Please forgive me for all my sins. I believe you suffered on the cross. I believe you shed your blood to pay for all those things. Today and now, Lord, I open my heart. I surrender to you and invite you into my heart, into my life, to be leader and to be the Lord of my life forever. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.